Is there anyone here who likes to put jigsaw puzzles together? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I have found myself liking that every once in a while. Uh, I find myself drawn to them. There's some fun into it, the different shapes, the different colors, trying to figure things out. Maybe you like to put the puzzle together without seeing what the picture looks like beforehand. No, <laughs> it's a challenge to be sure. But have you ever come close to finishing one and finding some of the pieces missing? Ugh, there's nothing that'll drive me a little bit bonkers. Uh, I just wonder who among you who have found those would put them back into your slot for another person to find it next time or throw it away. I would rather throw it away. People can be like puzzles. Uh, and they, they look at themselves and try to figure out what's missing in their lives. You know, uh, cars, trucks, uh, money, jobs, uh, relationships, fun, uh, vacations. You know, that's a, that's a tempting one for me. I like vacations. For those who keep looking though, uh, if they're honest with themselves, they realize that what's really missing in their lives is God. God is that puzzle that's missing in their life. Sometimes Christians are puzzles to people of the world. Why do they believe what they believe? Why do they act the way they act? Why do they whatever? God asks those questions concerning his believers also. Did you know that? Do you know what the missing pieces he's looking for? If it's missing at all, works, actions, attitudes. He looks to see faith in action. He's going, hey, that person's missing a piece of the puzzle. Let's get it fixed. The lesson is James, the importance of works. What good is it? Prove it in living faith. So the first point is, what good is it? James chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. What good is it, my brothers? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in food, and one of you says to them, hey, go in peace, but be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. When you come to an understanding about who Jesus was, or when you came to that understanding, what did you know and what did you learn? I imagine you knew that people were born, they lived, and they died. That leads many people, especially kids, to ask, where did they go? Where did they go? The general response is what? Heaven. The question satisfies for a while, but later the subject comes up again. What is heaven? Heaven is a place where good people go. It's a good place. This eventually makes a questionable person ask, am I a good person who will go to heaven? Usually at this stage comes comparisons. Well, I'm not like this type of person. <laughs> I must be good. I didn't murder. I've never stolen over $500. 
But does that make a person a good person? Acts 14, 15. Men, why are you doing these things? We are also men of like nature with you, and we bring you good news. Oh, there's something there. That you should turn from these vain things to a living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. I learned that Jesus was God at an early age, thanks to my faithful teachers. He also created everything. I think everybody here knows that, right? Good. Six days God created the world and everything in it, and on the seventh day he rested. I learned that light was created before the sun, moon, and the stars. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, verses 14 through 19. Did I understand it? No, but I learned it. Interestingly, learning about creation helped me to learn about Judaism. Jesus rested on the seventh day. The Sabbath is on the seventh day. The Sabbath represents rest. Jesus was born a physical human being, a little baby in the hands of his parents and the arms right here. He cried and he cha needed changing. He needed food and he grew. And as God's son, he was born of a virgin Mary. As a youngster, there were a lot of in-between questions there. Whew, challenging. Which would not be too dissimilar to any adult who heard that for the first time. This knowledge grew more and more all the time. Proverbs 1, 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with his practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Colossians chapter 3, 9 through 10. And then Peter says this, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. But other things learned were all based on God and Christ, kindness, prayer, obedience, you know, action words. James shares a simple concept. If a brother or sister in Christ is poorly clothed and needy, maybe in between jobs or only has enough food to get through the day, things like that, but you say in passing, have a great day, but abandon an opportunity to be godly, sharing some assistance for his or her welfare. What is that? Well, it's an example of a, a dead faith, a faith that's not put in action. How is faith dead? It has knowledge about Jesus. But knowledge is all it has. A simple have a great day is not the action God is looking for. Which leads to the second point. 
prove it. James chapter 2, 18 through 20. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Teaching children how to, how to live for God is an interesting challenge. And by the growth of the children here who are now growing towards adulthood, it's obvious there was great effort put into that. That's a good thing. Maybe it starts with teaching the children how to share. Uh, anybody like the word, anybody have a kid or a grandkid that likes the word mine? Mine? No. Well, of course you do. Uh, Justin. Yeah, I forgot to tell you I was going to bring you up. I told Chandra, so if she didn't tell you, he's like, huh? <laughs> Justin was teaching Easton to share some nuts with Canaan last week in Bible class. So Easton came over kindly and generously offered some nuts to Canaan. What was Justin doing? Well, I believe, my personal belief, is he was looking at the big picture. The why. Sharing is an action word that proves a Christian's faith in Christ. Kindness is an action word that proves a Christian's faith in Christ. Anyone, though, can share. Anyone can be kind. But a Christian does it for bigger reasons than just being nice and to be good in a community. There are many scriptures on kindness, but there's one I wanted to point out, and it deals with that, that good, godly woman we see at the end of Proverbs. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Whew. There's some action going on there. But even the demons believe and shudder, James chapter 2, verse 19. If fallen angels are demons, they sure had intimate knowledge of God at one time, didn't they? they I would imagine they still have intimate knowledge of God. But they understand that God is one. But their knowledge does not lead them anywhere positive. Humans can have knowledge about God and Jesus. They can believe that God is one. I believe that God is one. But if they don't put the knowledge into practice, they're like hamburgers stuck in a freezer. Just blocks of ice. Frizzo is the Greek word that's used here for shudder. Even the demons believe in shudder. I don't know if it has an exact concept with ice or how we got the term freezer. I didn't look it up that closely. But just using the, the wording, 
and how it sounds made me think of freezer. The King James Version translated as tremble. The English Standard Version translates it as shudder. The Thayer Greek Dictionary says it's to bristle, to, to stand up or stiffen stand up, I should say. To shudder, to be struck with extreme fear, to be horrified. If you, know, if you want to know what a Christian is who has no faith in action, just look in your freezer at those blocks of food frozen stiff with inactivity. Shudder. Frozen. Unwilling. So I guess proving your faith by showing it to other brethren is important. Not in a braggadocious way, but as a way of life. As a way of life. My assumption is it shouldn't be hidden under a bushel, right? But your light should shine. There's a story about that somewhere. For all the people to see, that's not being braggadocious, just living your life as Christ would want you to live. Jesus taught about a people's ability to have faith in action, but he used agriculture to share his point in one example. His point brings up that whatever your true faith, your fruit will show it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every tree that bears good fruit, but every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot help but to bear good fruit. That is, it cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Or as he talks about in another place, by their light. Or as we talk about in James, by their actions. The third point, living faith. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. I want to be called a friend of God. 
I want God to call me a friend of God. I really do. And I know you guys do as well. That would mean a lot to me. Would it mean a lot to you? I think that would be the greatest compliment I could ever receive from God. Now, friendships are interesting. Do they happen overnight? So over time, Abraham proved himself by living his faith in God. Did he see or completely understand the outcome of various aspects of his the request made by God? Did he completely understand that? With Isaac, Abraham just believed that God would raise him from the dead. Why? Because he trusted and believed in God. And he put that in action, showing God that, yeah, I do believe you will keep your covenant and your promises. His plan was to follow God's plan, and he knew part of God's plan. Isaac was the promised son given in the old age of Abraham and Sarah. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall all your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Now comes Rahab. Rahab is an interesting character as well, isn't she? Prostitute. Who is Rahab compared to Abraham? Whew. Not only is Abraham lifted up among Judaism, He's lifted up in Christianity as well. But Rahab? Rahab? Really? Was Rahab part of God's chosen people as an Israelite initially? Was Rahab a worker of a profession that would please God? But she did hear about God, didn't she? All the people, evidently, on that side of the Jordan, as they walked around long before, heard about what God did for the Israelites. Joshua 2. And she believed. But they all believed. What did she do different? She put it into action. Her belief did not make her want to stay behind the walls of her city, shivering in fear like a block of ice in the freezer. But she put her understanding in, of God in action. She had a living faith like Abraham did. 
By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. That's a good chapter, isn't it? Why would James say this to the brethren? Well, evidently it seems a necessary discussion. But why use Abraham and Rahab as examples? I can think of many others. I mean, Abraham's pretty good. I don't know if there's any better. But Rahab? I can think of many others. Abraham to the Jewish Christians especially is a symbol of great faith in action. Was he perfect? No, okay. I, I continually have to establish that because I'm afraid that we don't want to rely on our abilities to save ourselves, do we? But it was faith in action. But is this faith in action just expected of God by people like Abraham? Are only the ones who are up here in their faith the only ones expected to show action? God expects faith through the entire faith in action through the entire stratosphere of believers. From the ones we would place high to the ones society, life would place at the lowest. Even a prostitute who wasn't a born Jew, a Gentile, was expected to have faith in action. See? From the greatest to the least, God wants faith in action. Is it possible for Christians who understand Christ just to say, have a good day, and forget? Well, evidently it is. Otherwise, this wouldn't be discussions James is bringing up. Jesus shared a warning to the church in Ephesus. The warning may not be exactly about faith and action. But I think the point he makes is pretty clear. You see, Jesus loves his people. But he doesn't want them to go astray. Is this a valuable lesson for us even to today? Absolutely. Because there's something here that teaches us what God is looking for when he looks down at Christians and goes, hey, there's a missing piece in that puzzle. What is it? But I have this against you, Jesus says in the book of Revelation, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove the lampstand from its place unless you repent. James, importance of works. Does it save you? Christ saves you. Does God want to see it? Yes. He expects to see it, actually. What good is it? God wants knowledge or faith to lead to godly action. Not just a store of uh, great essential encyclopedia information in between your ears. 
Prove it. Show your faith by your action because it shows your desire to be a, well, we all should want to be a friend of God. I want to be a friend of God. Living faith. Like Abraham did. Like Rahab did. From the least of God's people to the greatest, all must have a living faith in God. I hope you have a living faith in God. If not, Jesus says, repent. That's not a bad word if you listen to it. I hope this lesson from God's word has proved beneficial to yourself today as a reminder and as a, as a impetus to keep pushing forward in living faith and put it in an action. There may be others who have a prayer request or other needs, whatever it might be. Please come forward now as together we stand and sing.